girls. I'm Sina. I'm Danielle. We want to focus on uh, television and movies in particular. Yes. Disclaimer that we are in no way film experts. A deep, like, dive. Be quiet. Whoa. I'm yelling. Back me up on this one. <laughs> Hey, you're listening to Two Girls Watch TV. Thank God for the mute button. Have you seen those memes now that it's like, can everyone mute when like in a Zoom meeting? Let me tell you something. It is, I have these people who don't mute themselves and then they have conversations with their family members. So we're in a meeting with 60 plus people and I hear, you're going to go outside? Where are you going? (laughs) Talking about like university (laughs) issues. And I'm like, oh. This person has tenure. How? I don't. I don't know how you're dealing with it. Good for you for uh, being a teacher during all of this. Because I remember I had professors in college who didn't know how to make a YouTube video full screen. So I can only imagine how they're handling <laughs> Zoom right now. I have a glass of wine every night. Now. I think everyone should have a glass of wine. <laughs> wine companies are doing really well during this quarantine. <laughs> Oh, are we recording? Yes. Oh, this is cool. I like that we started out with alcohol. <laughs> as we as we talk about a G-rated movie. Oh, great! Hello Thanks. and welcome back, everybody. Hello. We, we didn't forget about you. We just wanted to talk about wine for a moment. Don't you forget about me? Listen, you're dating a baby lawyer, and you keep <laughs> singing copyright issue songs in every episode. It's fine. I think it's fine. I don't think oh, okay. anyone's gonna copyright that beautiful, those beautiful bars of "Don't You Forget About Me." Maybe the people who wrote the song would. I don't even who. What band sings that song? Okay, uh, we'll, we'll look that up later. We'll look it up later because <laughs> today we're not gonna talk about the Breakfast Club, right? We're no. gonna talk about Toy, Toy Story, Story 4. Four. Not one, not two, sadly not three. Number four. We're gonna talk about four. Listen to the excitement in my voice. Yeah, we're not right really now. excited about it. Not not too happy about it. Not going to worry about it. Not going to worry about it. We just did all this research. <laughs> we're going to worry about it for like the next hour. Oh, all right. Boy. So I have the summary ready to go. Okay. And let me just say that I had to like soul search, right? Because I had to watch Toy Story 3 again to prep myself for Toy Story 4. Oh. And it's very good that I did because Toy Story 4 starts with Toy Story 3. Mm-hmm. So our story begins with Andy leaving all of his favorites behind as he goes on to college and he gives all of his toys to little Bonnie. Bonnie adores her new and old toys. She struggles to leave them behind when she begins kindergarten. We watch a new toy, notice the quotation marks, Forky. Oh yes, our podcast is noticing the quotation marks. That's why I had to say it, so. (laughs) We watch a new quote unquote toy, Forky, come to life through Bonnie's creativity. With Forky and some new toys in the mix, Woody struggles to find his place in the move from kid to kid, Annie to Bonnie. Woody says his mission is to always be there for the kids when they need them. Woody does everything he can, including convincing the rest of the gang again, because again, they never listen to him to make sure that Bonnie is okay. Sometimes for Woody, enough never feels like enough. We always know Christina's opinions on the movie based on how she Sometimes, uh, words a summary. I just try to make it so neutral and then like, 
I come out in the summary. <laughs> Listen to the politician episode for more information on this oh matter. Oh my gosh. <laughs> What's that, our character list? That was a struggle. Okay, well, so this is the fourth installment of the Toy Story saga. So they had to keep their core group of characters, but each movie they've introduced new characters. So now it's just a huge cluster of characters. I could in insert an expletive, but I'm not going to. So from the first movie, we have Woody played by Tom Hanks. We have Buzz Lightyear played by Tim Allen. We have Rex by Wallace Shawn. Uh, Ham, John Ratzenberg, Berger, sorry. Uh, we have Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head, Don Rickles, and Estelle Harris, which you will hear in our conversation with Steve and Chris that Don Rickles is actually dead, and they're using just little blurps from the archives to make his character still be alive, which is kind of creepy. And then we have Bo Peep, played by Annie Potts. From the second movie, we have Jesse, John Cusack, Bullseye. No one is the voice of Bullseye. He's horse noises. Third movie, we have Bonnie, who is the uh, kid that now is in possession of all these toys, played by Madeline McGraw. Dolly, who's played by Bonnie Hunt. Trixie, who is Christine Shaw, who it took me a while where I was like, who is this voice? I couldn't remember it. And then I realized right. it was, um, and now I'm forgetting it now, uh, Louise from Bob's Burgers. Yep. This movie, we are introduced to a new character, Forky, played by Tony Hale, who you know, I know as Buster Blue. Buster! <laughs> we have Bunny and Ducky, <laughs> who are Jordan Peele and Keegan-Michael Key. We have Gabby Gabby, who is Christina Hendricks, Giggles McDimples, played by Ally McKee, and then my favorite, Duke Kaboom, who is none other than Keanu friggin' Reeves. If they could <laughs> add any, like, even the B-list, like, no time at all on the screen characters the guy who comes out of the porta potty is bill Hader. bill H Hader is in this movie are you kidding me no. i did not know that everyone is in this freaking movie see but this is a fine line right because every time we have one of these movies yeah well steve's given us the sign that the, <laughs> the money <laughs> um and i i think on imdb they mentioned that this movie made over 200 million dollars in the opening really weekend yeah wow. um but this is the fine line that we walk with this character list being you know so outrageous you know a lot of times when this happens think valentine's day think new year's eve these garbage movies come from dynamite cast so it's, it's like it's a fine line you know i kind of like valentine's day how dare you i'm sorry it's, okay. it's not for right. everyone it's not for everyone i'll give you that <laughs> All right, so this movie does not stray from the formula of a Toy Story movie. The kid is in trouble, or the toys are in jeopardy or be, of being left behind, so it's very much like an action movie, but on a toy level where they start flying through the air and have to move books and jump over things and do a lot of crazy stuff. So, typical Toy Story movie. So, Bonnie makes Forky, and he is to keep her happy while she tackles kindergarten. He is made of trash, and he keeps wanting to throw himself into the trash, and Woody has <laughs> taken it upon himself to keep Forky from throwing himself in the trash. They are on a road trip before Bonnie officially starts kindergarten, and Forky jumps out of the RV, and Woody has to run and retrieve him. While they are heading back to Bonnie, Woody sees Bo Peep's lamp in an e antique store, and it's all downhill from there. Uh, Gabby Gabby is in this antique store and she holds Forky hostage because she is defective in her voice box and Woody has a perfect voice box. So she wants his voice box. We find out because she wants to know what a child's love is because she has never known it, known it because she has always been defective. 
Uh, Woody then sacrifices his voice box for Gabby Gabby to let Forky back to Bonnie. Gabby wants the store owner's daughter, granddaughter Harmony, as her child. And there is a moment where Gabby Gabby is on the shelf, she has a perfect voice, and Harmony picks up the doll and then throws her into the box like no one's business. So from there, Gabby Gabby, Woody, and Forky, and the whole gang need to head back to Bonnie, and that this is where I hand it off to Christina. Okay, so... Let me preface the ending by saying that I legitimately felt like I was broken up with. <laughs> Dave, for listening, I felt like it was partly cloudy outside. You left me on some street in Nork, and then all of a sudden it started to downpour, and like my heart was just ripped into a billion pieces, <laughs> 200 million pieces, right? So... This is legitimate. I was like, how? How did how did we all allow this to happen? For those of you who are millennials who grew up with the Toy Story movies yes. or for parents who have millennial children, yep. My heart goes out to you because this this the way that this was done, the way that they just like like ripped out your heart was like the end of an era. When I thought the Toy Story 3 was the end of an era, I guess I was wrong because this is clearly <laughs> the freaking end of an era. And I'm not talking about all of you bingers, all of you Gen Zers who are like, I have Disney Plus. I'm going to watch all the Toy Story movies. One, two, three, four. This is not for you. You need to wait five to 10 years before you watch the next one, okay? To really feel the pain. So, <laughs> preface over. Forky has finally rescued. The toys are breaking their unspoken rule of not revealing themselves and their realistic tendencies to humans through the GPS um, and taking over the parent's car by literally punching it. The yes. brake, the gas, the brake, the gas, etc. So, you know, I, I want to say that there are a few exceptions, like in the first movie when Woody scares the crap out of Sid, who in my opinion is a serial killer in the training, by the way. <laughs> I mean, let's, let's call it like we see it, right? Oh, so man. they meet at the carousel. They get the they have this RV berate into the carnival, and they extend the awning to reach the, the top of the carousel. And so they met Woody and Bo at the top of the carousel. All the other toys, and Woody has a moment of uncertainty here. And Buzz turns to him and says, "Hey, she's going to be okay." And we can see that Woody is kind of thinking that. He might be talking about Bo because he left her before and, and there's this whole independence theme, which I'll get into a little bit later. But then Buzz says it again and he switches it just a little bit and he says, Bonnie is going to be okay. And with that, Woody goes back to Bo to become a, quote, lost toy, unquote. Although Buzz is certain that Woody isn't lost anymore. And the family goes back in the RV. So... I Googled to see if they would make a Toy Story 5 because, I mean, what the hell, right? They made a Toy Story 4. Might as well keep it going. Uh, yeah. So I remember reading that they had said something about without giving out spoilers, it would be very challenging for them to continue the story with Buzz and Woody basically broken up. I mean, that's essentially what happened. Yeah. But in terms of the foreshadowing, I have a couple of points here, if we may go back. So We may. When Bonnie plays with Jesse... She, she pulls Woody out of the closet mm -hmm. and takes off his sheriff's badge and puts it on Jesse. 
huge foreshadowing moment right in the beginning. Yes. Right. So like we know that there's a new sheriff in town. Yes. No pun intended. When Woody reunites with Bo, the change in his face when her name is mentioned in the beginning mm-hmm. versus the change in his face when he sees her again, he's like glowing again. He's excited. So we think like, oh, this is a new emotion that he's experiencing in this movie. I wonder what this will entail later on. When Woody and Bo have a moment in the antique shop when they're trying to rescue Forky, Woody refers to having one purpose, and that's to fulfill a kid, to be there for the kid. Yes. And you can't teach an old toy new tricks. Yes. Bo says you'd be surprised, and you know she's trying to help him over a... Uh, there's something in the way. So she reaches out a hand, and he takes it. So it was like symbolism to foreshadow that he will be, you know possibly enduring this new lifestyle and then last but not least when woody actually loses his voice box yeah or rather surrenders it to gabby gabby in order to save the damn spork um (laughs) this is almost like his swan song for the life that he used to live um and that he you know he was always he was always when you know when his arm broke and i think it was toy story 2 right yeah when they had to sew back his arm so he was always so obsessed with making sure that he had everything that he needed to do everything that he could to make Andy happy, like sewing up his arm, like making sure that, you know, he was the best toy that he can be. Yeah. And here he kind of lost that. Well, even in a way, like when uh, Andy, when Woody first sees Bo again, Bo is trying to find materials to like repair all of the toys, including herself and all of the lost toys. And then Woody loses his voice box, therefore he's technically broken, so now he can officially be a lost toy because he's not in the perfect condition that he's always been in. Well, right. And, you know, part of it is, like, he's he's missing something. He's no longer that, yeah, pristine. The fun will never stop. The fun will never stop. The fun this is the first time we've ever done this on our podcast i'm very excited danielle's very excited i am going to be interviewing our first two guests ever on the podcast i think this is episode 31 and we finally got around to it so i have here with me captain grammar and the future ruler of our planet steve and chris (laughs) Steve and Chris, thank you so much for hanging out with us, coming to chat with us. How are you guys doing? Uh, a little sick of the quarantine, but doing well otherwise. I'm doing good. I'm flattered by the future ruler of the world. It's a big ego. I thought you guys would appreciate that. <laughs> I did. Yeah, Captain right Grammar's like, old school. That, it is, that's bringing it is. him back. That's an OG nickname. I don't know if you can see my shirt, but I wore it just for you. It says books. Wait. Coffee, books, and Oxford commas. Uh, you're damn right. <laughs> I mean, particularly for this podcast. <laughs> so let's start from the beginning. Uh, we're doing Toy Story 4 today, and we thought that this would be perfect to have you guys on because you had told me about your podcast and this one episode in particular that you put so much time and effort into on your podcast for that was specifically for Disney. So can you just explain to our audience the breakdown of this episode? How, what, what you did, how long it took, what was included, all that good stuff. Um, so we started 
doing our podcast in 2014. Or no, I'm sorry, we started watching the movies in 2014. And um, our podcast is Ruminations, by the way. That's yes, yes. Perfect. I'm going to give you a whole opportunity to plug. Yeah. I come in with the surge protector for all the plugs. Don't worry. <laughs> so we started watching all the Disney animated classics in order from Snow White. And at the time, Frozen was the last movie in 2014. And so we did that over the course of how many years, Steve? I think it was five, because by the time we finished, Wreck-It Ralph 2 had come out. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So, um, but, you know, we're both really big Disney fans. I had seen most, but again, it was still like, I didn't see a lot of the newer ones. I didn't see some of the really old ones. So we wanted to um, basically have like a check it off your bucket list. It's like, oh, I've seen all the Disney movies. So um, that was kind of the impetus behind that. And we, we wanted to watch them in order just so we knew because growing up in the 90s, it's like, okay, Disney was at the peak of its uh, creative, uh, it was the Disney Renaissance. So we kind of wanted to see how it was just before that. And then uh, growing up, I also had seen Cinderella and Alice in Wonderland and the movies from the 50s, which was like the golden age. Right. So it was good to start from the beginning and see all, all the pitfalls. It was like a roller coaster, basically, because. Uh, some of the movies were really good and then some of the movies were really bad like the the mid-2000s just before disney switched to 3d animation which now all the disney movies look like pixar movies uh that was a really dark time for disney (laughs) where uh like michael eisner lost his job between as the animation not doing well and the disney parks not doing doing well Uh, so it was good to see everything uh in order it took a long time because you know, yeah. we graduated, graduated from college. Yeah, got jobs. <laughs> this would have been a lot easier if <laughs> Disney Plus came out four years ago. But. Yeah, we have a friend who recently got Disney Plus, and he's watched, I think, the first 40 movies in, like, two weeks, where it took us five years. In regards to Pixar, I had always, um, I've seen, you know, the main ones, but I was never, um, I guess, as big into Pixar as I was into Disney Animation. Okay, so you looked at Disney, Pixar, and Disney, obviously, on this chronological timeline. No, no Pixar. Oh, so no, no okay, just, not yeah, even yeah. the combinations No. of, like, Disney, Pixar, because at one point they split, I think, and it was just Pixar. Yeah, Pixar was founded by Steve Jobs in the 80s, after he left Apple, and then when Bob Iger took over Disney, I think it was, they bought Pixar in 2007. Pixar had been, I guess, distributed by Disney because Toy Story and Bugs Life and everything in the 90s were, like, they were considered under the Disney umbrella, but they weren't Disney productions. And then now everything that's made by Pixar is a Disney movie, officially. Right. I think Ratatouille might have been the first one that was a Disney movie by itself. Oh, okay. Okay. So now on your, for this episode of your podcast, was the main, was your main goal to just talk about them in chronological order? Did you rank them? It was just the Disney animated classics. So at the time there were 53, I think now there's 58 with Frozen 2 being the last one that came out last November. So we, we watched them chronologically. We did rank them and I'll give the, the details later at the end of the episode that our rankings are on my website and with the podcast episode. We each ranked them and then we did like a mean list. So we have a, a 
a combined list ranking them. And in our episode, we talked about the 10 best and the 10 worst. 10 worst. Five worst. Yep. No, the 10 best yeah. and 10 worst. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we spent way more t- time talking about the 10 best. The worst were really bad, and there's really not yeah. much to say. But our episode's worth a listen. We added a bunch of Disney music. Most of the movies that came in the top 10 were the 90s movies, with a few exceptions. It, w- it was a, f- a fun experience, even the the bad movies. It was fun to see how Disney has changed over the years. Cool. So I know that Chris's favorite movie is Aladdin. Correct. Is it the whole series, or is there one in particular? Oh, no. <laughs> I, I, I despise every other iteration of Aladdin that's ever come out. No, it's the 1992. The Broadway show. I, yeah, I, I, it, I hate Return of Jafar. Aladdin and the King of Thieves. I have is, struck the chord. It, yeah, you have. It, it, the Aladdin and the King of Thieves is not horrible, but I, it's not good. Did, I saw the Broadway show twice. Didn't like it. Really? Yes, yeah. So I'm, I'm very disappointed in the treatment that Aladdin gets. Oh, and, and then the, the new movie is crap. So. Okay, so OG or go home? Uh, exactly. <laughs> I need to or not at all. So now, Steve, I don't know your favorite Disney movie. I Chris talks about his all the time. But I, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, sure. it on everyone. <laughs> yeah. Aladdin is my favorite Disney movie. Um, I mean, that's the historical answer I would give. It's our number one, I mean, spoiler alert for our podcast, but we came down at Aladdin's best. You know, we're unbiased. But I would say Hunchback of Notre Dame is close. So it's really depending on my mood, which one I'd say I'd like more. Okay. It was really interesting because for those of you who are audience members, you're obviously not aware of this conversation. I contacted Steve and Chris, and I've been friends with them for like over a decade and a half. And I said, do you want to come on the podcast? And... You guys had said yes, and this was like months ago. And I said, do you want to talk about Toy Story 4? And Chris had said that he was boycotting Toy Story 4, but that he would watch it just for us and our podcast, Two Girls Watch TV. So some questions here. Steve, do you feel the same way? And what is the origin of this boycotting? Uh, I would say yes, but just like everything in life, my yes is tenfold less than Chris's. <laughs> so I, I saw the commercials for Toy Story 4 and I was shocked that they had uh, sold their souls and committed to a fourth movie because the third one had such a perfect ending. I remember my orientation for college, they showed, because uh, Toy Story four had come, uh, Toy Story 3 had come out the summer I graduated. So the orientation for college, they showed a picture of Andy and they're like, you are Andy's generation. Like you were going to college the same time Andy's going to college. And that was kind of perfect because the ending of that movie was Andy giving away his toys. And I remember bawling in the theater. Like I was hysterically crying. It was just like the end of my childhood. And right. then when I found I think out that they made a, yeah, and they had said they were never gonna make another one. And it was like, you have a perfect trilogy, three of the best animated movies ever made all in one, one uh, storyline and then they have trailers for a fourth movie and it just seems so so contrived so I didn't want to see it and then uh, I mean Chris of course his opinion is louder than mine so he can he can elaborate (laughs) yeah so uh, (laughs) I so Toy Story 3 came out like you said and the it was a perfect ending 
to the the trilogy. And then I was like, oh, they're, I mean, they're never going to make another one. And then I see this news that they're making a fourth one. I'm like, this is... I get Disney's a company. It's a very big company, right? Everyone, Everyone's got that. But the blatant cash grab on this was just pissed me off. So I'm like, I don't care how good this movie is. I refuse to go and give Disney money to watch this because it just annoyed the hell out of me to, to mess up that good of an ending for Toy Story 3. But as you said... I did watch it, so, but, you know, now now that it's no longer in the theaters, I, I feel better about, you know, <laughs> viewing it. I'm glad I st- stuck to my guns because, you know, it makes me feel better, so. Fair enough. Like I said, Danielle and I did our bit in the beginning with the whole recap of the summary, the main characters, the climax, the foreshadowing, and the ending, so all that is, you know, done and said, but... Specifically speaking about the movie, from from both of you, and I have a feeling because you're meshing over the years, you're slowly meshing together and becoming the same person. But <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> Steve it's loves like Chris it. is getting a little more forgiving, and Steve is getting a little more cynical over the years. It's very, <laughs> it's very. <laughs> As a third party observer, See, but, Chris, so we could sing "Love Is an Open Door" at this point. We finish finish each other's sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> but when we think about Toy Story, it cuts out. Hope <laughs> <laughs> audio cuts out. <laughs> um, speaking specifically for Toy Story Four, is there a piece of the movie that you enjoyed, and is there a piece that you've totally despised? And if so, why? Ooh, I I would say the the piece that we despise is probably the same. So Chris can talk about that. But I I would say I did like that the movie. So, so when we were watching it, we were, obviously uh, we couldn't watch it together because we're not allowed to do things together anymore. <laughs> so we watched it over Disney Plus while FaceTiming, and the movie. <laughs> so, so the movie, the movie felt like the creators of the Toy Story movies were like, "Good, we finished. We we we've done a great job." And then they got a memo from Disney saying, "You need to come up with a fourth movie," and they were like. Okay, we're gonna do what we want, and they made this weird adult movie that questioned the entire Toy Story universe and had references to The Shining and creepy ventriloquist dolls and whole key uh, key and peel sketches like morphed into the Disney World, but like could have been on their show. I, it just felt so different, and part of me liked it that they went outside the box because they were kind of. It almost felt like an FU to the studio, like we're going to do what we want. We don't care what anybody thinks. And I think just with Toy Story coming out with a new movie, a lot of critics and fans didn't realize that happened. But Chris and I are smarter than most fans. Exactly. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I did like some of the uh, more adult humor, like the um, what was it? I, I wrote down who it was. So Jeff Garland of uh, what the Goldberg Show. Uh, he was yes. in Curb Your Enthusiasm. He was the voice of the unicorn. And he yes. kept saying, like, we're going to get the dad arrested. I was <laughs> laughing out loud at that. <laughs> Especially like, at the amazing. end. The dad's totally getting arrested. 
So uh, there, there were some some bits that I thought were, were great. Like the the movie definitely, I would say, is good. It's just I don't know. It shouldn't have been made, and I think that leads to the thing we don't like about the movie, which I'm sure you want to talk about, Chris. The I ending. I know what you mean. The oh, ending. Well, wait, but I just wanted to say, I did enjoy the movie. I liked it. I I said this a bunch of times since we've seen it, and I, I said it felt like it should have been on Adult Swim and not like a Toy Story Disney movie. Um, I can't believe the rating was G. Yeah, That's what that blew I, my mind. I looked it up on my phone. I'm like, this. There's no way this was rated G. And I'm. I I looked up all of them. They're actually all rated G. And like all of them have like adult humor in them a little bit. I mean, this one I agree with you has a little bit more, but they're all rated G. Well, yeah. the first one had Sid's toys that were like Frankenstein creations, and as a kid, they were terrifying. Yeah. The second yeah. one had this one not had, as like, many. The, the second one didn't really have scary moments, but the third one had them almost burning to death in a furnace. Yeah. <laughs> this movie has a suicidal toy that keeps calling himself trash and trying to throw himself into the garbage. Like a, I was a suicidal. Does it more than once? It's a suicidal toy who sort of has some mental deficiencies. Kind and then, of. but then, it, but then he overcomes it like halfway through the movie. So, but uh, the ending, like you said, I didn't like the fact that they broke Woody and Buzz up. So that that I was like, mm, that's that went a little too far. It's like okay, the last movie took the toys away from Andy, and now. You're breaking Woody and Buzz up. I'm like, that's that's not cool. That was probably that's probably my biggest complaint about the movie. I was I was looking at the cast list before, and it's like a few of the cast members have passed away. So the voice actor of Mr. Potato Head and uh, Slinky. So they reused some of the, I think, either some lines that were used in the other movies or unused lines. And I, it made me realize that a lot of the original cast members were kind of put to the side. Like, they're not that important. And e- even Toy Story 3, like, Buzz wasn't a major player. But this one, they really weren't major. The movie was about Woody. Right. Which is fine. I think he's been the main character in all the movies. But I guess they, they wanted to do, like, this is how Woody's story ends, and it's not the ending you'd expect or want. But that makes me think that it's kind of just pointless. It's like, well... You I want. look at it as entertaining fan fiction. <laughs> that's a good way. I feel like that's accurate. Yeah, yeah. and I'm I'm fine with that. Like, Toy Story three is the end, and this is like oh. So I, speaking I, of speaking of Toy Story three and the other ones, how do you feel that this one fell in comparison? I mean, I feel like you guys have already said this, but specifically speaking, how do you feel that it fell in comparison to the other Toy Story movies? I mean, my, my ranking of Toy Story being one. Three, two, four. So yeah, I would I would agree with that. And I I really like Toy Story two. I I know some people don't like it. I've always really liked it, so I have nothing against Toy Story two. But I yeah, agree. I think that Toy Story two might have been one of the times where the sequel was just as good as the original. Yeah, that doesn't I, happen often. And Toy Story two, I I one of the very few video games I played um, <laughs> that what that was one of them, and I. I don't know. The Toy Story Two has a lot of nostalgia for me as well. Yeah, I, I know I have a memory of seeing Toy Story One in the theater, but I don't know if that's a real memory or if it's a memory that I <laughs> like force myself to believe. But I definitely remember seeing Toy Story Two in a movie. Probably the second one. 
<laughs> this one just didn't feel the same. Like we said, it, it was entertaining, it was good, it was funny, but it's on a different plane than the other three. It just felt like a coda, a, a weird adult coda to a finished story. Fair enough. And last but not least, guys, we want to make sure that people check out your podcast, particularly your Disney episode, because it, there was just so much work put into it. And I think, Steve, one time we had a conversation where you had said, I'm just going to pretend that everybody listens to our podcast and I'm not even going to look at the numbers and that ignorance was bliss for you. <laughs> it, it, it is true. <laughs> Uh, Especially because now in my real job, I'm working on podcasts for my company and I actually have to look at the stats. So it's kind of better to not look. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. But if you, we are welcome to share our tens of viewers with you. Yeah. All right. And we will share our fives of viewers with you. single digits i mean i definitely on twitter because i i know people across the country on twitter and i met with them in real life and a few of them listen to the podcast and have asked for more episodes so i will recommend yours to them as well thank you how can we find Uh, so on twitter i am s flip chris's octavian ccc uh our podcast handle i think is at ruminations pod uh, so Twitter is where I usually do most of the updates and I have a blog from college that I reformatted. It's called flips quips because you know, I'm <laughs> Chris laughs. so the, the website is flips quips and it's mostly dedicated to ruminations and that blog feeds out to iTunes and Stitcher. I'm if I find time, going to look to get the podcast on Google Play as well, but it's not there yet. We have nine episodes up, um, and they range from uh, Disney movies. We talked about the Oscars uh, twice, I think. Uh, we talked about Game of Thrones, the build-up to Game of Thrones, and then the letdown of Let Game down. of Thrones. Okay. Uh, we talked about Avengers, um, Pirates of the Caribbean, and that was the one episode we had a guest. Uh, we had our friend Ruben on, who, yeah. who you know. And we did one on exorcisms, and the last one was the best in the best of the 2010s in terms of movies. And and we did Catholic movies yeah. as well. Came yeah, so we, we kind of have a, a a mix of Catholicism movies, Chris ranting, irreverent. Uh, yeah, I I bring some politics into it, but I don't. The politics is kind of done by now, so. So, yeah, it's kind of whatever we're thinking of, and we bring a 20-something Catholic perspective to things. So that's Ruminations. Cool. Well, thanks, guys. Thanks for coming. <laughs> thanks for – well, you didn't really, you you didn't really go anywhere. No. <laughs> yeah. I got up. Yeah, thank, thank you for the honor of being the first two guys to be on the Two Girls podcast. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Here I am I blushing on Skype. <laughs> So as far as reviews go, IMDb ranked this a 7.8 out of 10. And I thought this was a fun fact as I go into my uh, one review that I found. This movie had over 1,200 reviews on IMDb. And I think that this movie has the most reviews on IMDb out of any other movie that we've done on this podcast. Really? Yeah. Oh, interesting. I mean, we've done movies and there's like 12 reviews and I'm like... Well, (laughs) it's all those short films that we were doing. 
Yeah, probably. But no, no shade to short films, get, but this is true. Well, there are no Toy Story. That's true. No. Uh, Rotten okay. Tomatoes. The critics gave this a ninety-seven percent, and the audience gave it a ninety-four percent. Interesting. Yeah. I so was like, interesting. Mm, how much did Disney pay to get this uh, rating on Rotten Tomatoes? I was just going to say that. <laughs> I was just going to say that. I think Disney issued checks to every audience member. Yes. <laughs> Rate and review and you get a free meal at the whatever. I don't know. I haven't been to Disney in years. Disney gift card. No, they'll give you a cup. They'll say. <laughs> <laughs> a collector's mug. You'll get this. You'll get this cup for $30, and then whenever you come back, you'll get free refills. <laughs> exactly. So my review was a 4 out of 10. Okay. And the title of it is, I think Steve and Chris will appreciate this, I'm going to pretend this was never made. I was so excited for this movie. I loved the three other ones, two being my favorite. I'm on board with this person so far. When I went in feeling really good, about 20 minutes in, I realized that this was not like the others. <laughs> It just doesn't have the same charm. The story was terrible. It was about rescuing a spork made from trash. Really, when you put it like that, they added in too many new characters. We barely got to see any of our beloved characters, Jesse, Bullseye, Ham, Rex, Potato Heads, etc. And the ending was the worst of all. Why would Woody ever leave his friends that he loves? This is a really strong point. Yeah. Seemed very out of character. I mean, the whole reason he didn't go to the toy museum in Toy Story 2 was because he didn't want to leave his friends. Anyway, there was a few funny parts, but I'm going to pretend this movie never happened. (laughs) Mine is of a similar respect. This is a two-star rating, and it says, It's getting high ratings based on name only. It's not up to the standard of the first three. It's just okay. It didn't need to be made. Toy Story 3 was a fine ending. I felt like that was short, sweet, and right to the point. I apologize. My review was a little longer this time, but I, I really Don't felt worry. like um, my pal R. Smith 8166422 and I, we connected <laughs> over this. So, <laughs> May I move into my highs and lows? Yes, you may. Excellent. So for my high, I'm going to say that I liked the feminism produced in Bo's character. I think it was spot on. I like how they made her dress optional. Um, I the Big, it was a great huge Rosie the Riveter vibes here. Yeah. I think it was nicely done. I don't <laughs> think it was shoved in my face. I think it was like a little bit more on the tasteful side, not like here is my armpit hair, women power kind of thing. I felt like it was like I, I felt like it was tastefully done. I don't know. Yeah. I'm get, I'm not getting good reviews from our guests, but <laughs> um, um, yeah, I, I, I liked her liked uh, it, I liked her skirt cape hybrid that she had going yeah. on there. I like that she became very useful. I like that, you know, maybe it's not maybe it's not feminism. Maybe I shouldn't say that. Maybe it's just the overall theme of independence and maybe also starting over. Like a lot of times we as people get thrown away in life um, by loved, not literally, come on. <laughs> I just need to insert Simon and Garfunkel's hello darkness, my old friend. Do you have something you need to talk about, Christina? No, I'm just saying, like, in general. (laughs) Shut up, Chris, with your nodding head. (laughs) I, um, no, I just feel like, you know, when you're in a breakup, if you lose a job, like, sometimes we feel like we get thrown away and we have to start over. And the fact that Mm -hmm. she felt like she got thrown away and that she went to this She didn't feel like she got thrown away. She was 
given away. She was thrown away. She yes. was literally <laughs> thrown away. Right. So, or she ended up in this antique shop also and just kind of felt like an outcast and it seemed like she self-evaluated herself and was like, okay, how can I make myself valuable again? I'm just going to do my thing on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but I think we also got vibes of this a little bit in Toy Story 3 because, you know, Bo is Andy's toy. And that brings us back to Toy Story 1, which I also liked that, like, this is a guy and he's playing with little Bo Peep, right, yes. before he gives it to his sister. But then bon- he gives all this toys to Bonnie, who is a girl who gets to play with Woody and Buzz and dinosaurs. And I also thought that that was cool because toys are toys and, like, girls don't have to play with Barbies and boys don't have to play with dinosaurs, just kids like toys and, like, let's call it a day kind of thing. That's true. I thought that was nice. So should I go right into my lows or do you want to do... I'll do my lows. So I think that they did a great job of keeping this movie very nostalgic. They kept all the old characters. I wish they were in it a little bit more, but they did a good job of just keeping everyone there. Um, And there were some super funny parts of this movie. We can't breeze over that. Ducky and Bunny beating up the old lady for her key was absolutely hysterical. (laughs) (laughs) we we cannot ignore that that was super funny that no matter what the three options were they were beating her up either immediately or sneaking into her house and beating her up meanwhile she just conveniently leaves the key right in front of them so that works i was just gonna say that was like a classic moment of comedy in thirds like they did the same thing three times (laughs) and it just got funnier i thought that was a nice bit so I thought that was super funny. Also, Duke Kaboom was, I don't know why I found him so hysterical, but he was a very funny Canadian, the Canadian daredevil, Duke Kaboom. Great, great part. Um, yes, I Canada. <laughs> when he's just sitting there posing. Oh, gosh, it was hysterical. Um, if you want to get into your lows, you may, and then I'll get into my Oh, lows. I will. Go for it. Don't hold back. I actually have lows this uh, episode. Oh, thank God. Danielle likes everything. It's like she's running for Miss America. Thank I'm the you only for one. being here today. <laughs> <laughs> so, there were a few. Um, since I'm going first, I'm going to do my biggest one first. I didn't like the fact that Buzz was portrayed as dumb. Okay. So here's why. Let me backtrack because... When he first comes into the world, he thinks that, and as uh, Woody is kind of explaining this to Forky, you know, when toys first realize who they are, it's almost like there's this sense of ignorance that cannot be ignored because they just don't know any better. They're naive, right? Yeah. So he thinks that Andy's room is a planet and, you know, Woody has that infamous outburst, you are a toy, right? So Mm -hmm. that whole thing. And, you know... He starts to grow a little bit in Toy Story 2. But, like, right now, so much time has passed in our reality as audience members and also in the reality of these Toy Story toys, right? Like, the reality line is parallel. Mm -hmm. So, right, because at this point, 10 years have passed and Andy is going off to college and also 10 years has literally passed just about, give or take, right? Yeah. So... You mean to tell me that during this decade, Buzz has not had a chance to mature? I'm not buying. I, like, I think it, I thought it was comical how he was looking for his inner voice, yeah. like hitting all the buttons. I think it's comical that, like, you know, you you walk outside and you say, "I just need a sign," and then you might see a sign that says, "You know, help wanted," and you're like, "This is where I must be now," right? Like, I thought that I think it's comical, but I wasn't buying it. I wasn't buying that he was still this dumb. 
I feel like it was just an easy laugh. And that's basically all they had him in there for. Yeah, but yeah. And like there were so many other creative ways over the years. And like even in Toy Story 4 where we were able to find that a little bit more of a creative humor. I thought it was a cop out. I don't know. I just wasn't, I wasn't on board with him still being dumb. I'm like, really? You're still dumb? Like at this point, it's no longer like naive. It's like, you dumb. Come on, (laughs) read a book. Let's go. I want to bring up your favorite quote of uh, Buzz Lightyear, the whole galaxy. (laughs) Sometimes when I drink a lot, I say that. Isn't it the whole, the whole galaxy? Yeah. Well, he's like, I am Mrs. Nesbitt. Yes. But somewhere in that, he has this monologue where he's like, oh, galaxy. <laughs> yes. Yeah, sometimes when I drink a lot, I say that. She turns into <laughs> Mrs. Nesbitt. <laughs> <laughs> what were your lows? I'm just going to I'm just going to do that one. Okay. I know that like there's a lot of us here and we all have our things that we want to nitpick at. So I'll let you go. <laughs> so I have two. One is kind of just for my own purposes. So in the beginning, they showed a young Andy playing with Buzz and Woody, and I get that animation is different in 2019 than it was in 1995, but I looked at the young Andy that they were trying to show me was Andy, and I was like, that is not Andy. Excuse me. Like, what are you trying to do here? What are you trying to pass off on me? That's absolutely not Andy. You could have done that a lot better. Like, granted, animation is new. It's better. They could have made him just look a little bit more like the original Andy that we saw in 1995 and not this brand new Botoxed Andy that they were trying to pass off to me as Andy. I would agree with you. And I would also throw Bo Peep in there. How'd she get so shiny? Yeah, I agree. I'm with you. This is a classic HDDB moment. Hey, Disney, do better. (laughs) Exactly. So that was number one. Number two, I liked the character of Forky, and I thought that he was very funny at times. But you're telling me that he came to life because all of a sudden a kid made him a toy, and that's how he became, like, came to life? But if he was just a regular spork, like, his only thought was to be in the garbage? Like, does that mean our garbage is alive? Or does it not come to life until we turn it into a toy? Or children I turn it into a toy? <laughs> I got very, I was like, this, this is too much. This is like one of the qualms that I had with Toy Story 3, which I sure, I'm sure I'm going to get crucified for this. But when, oh, what's the bear's name? Oh, um, the Cuddles? No. Starts with an L. Starts with an L. Lots, lots, out, of, lots of, lots of, lots of love. Lots of, lots of, yes. When his owner, the girl, goes, they, they're on a road trip and she's playing with her toys. I watched this with my mother, so like, <laughs> and then all of a sudden she forgets her toys. I looked over at my mother and I was like, out of all the road trips that we've been on, have you ever let me forget my toys? And she was like, no, I don't want to buy you another one. And I was like, okay, this doesn't make any sense. Why do you just forget? three of your favorite toys i feel like some HDDB. people people do i feel like they just do and that's your favorite toy and that's how they wind up on top of unlike the grills of truck drivers like that's how, that's how that happens they're forgotten they get thrown in the trash and then truck drivers find them and they put them on their grills did you ever see oh, you see that i have did best they... part was when the toys told him you better close your mouth <laughs> <laughs> 
god. Are you done with your lows? Yeah, those were my two lows. Is, is, okay. is that enough lows for you? Am I allowed? Yeah, to- no, this is good. Here, listen, it's baby <laughs> steps. Baby steps. Eventually, you're going to hate a whole movie. Snack break. Yeah. Steve and Chris are probably like, what the frick are you guys doing? We make our own sounds. Yes. So while Danielle's putting her snack away. Sorry. Snack I, break. For my snack on this, I think that it depends how sensitive you are to this franchise. And I mean that in a very enduring way. I'm not saying like, hey, you sensey, get out. I'm saying like if, if you're sensitive to this, these movies, then like maybe just keep some chocolate on the coffee table next to you and like a stuffed animal just in case would be my recommendation. (laughs) That's that's your snack recommendation? Yeah, because I just, uh, we watched Toy Story 3 and I turned to my mom and I was like, you know, a lot of people watch this movie and like everybody said that they cried in the theaters and she turns over to me and she's like, you really like this? (laughs) Yeah. I definitely cried at Toy Story 3, but that's I feel like that's one of the reasons why I don't want to watch it again. I feel like I watched it once, maybe twice, and I cried both times, and I'm like, I can't, I can't watch it anymore. Yeah, I never watched, I, I watched it when I was in college, and I was in the dorm, so I was in and out, so I never got to see the whole, there were a couple pockets that I missed. I was like, I should just watch the whole thing before we talk about the fourth one. When you rewatched so it, I, did you cry? I teared up. I yeah. think I I was more, I think like this one had me almost in tears because I was sad and I was angry. I was so angry. <laughs> I was, I had my angry eyes in. <laughs> Reference to Toy Story 2. Yes. What was your snack? So I had popcorn and Diet Coke because I'm just me. That's a classic snack for me. But you know what this made me want? Okay. When you were younger... I was a huge chicken nugget fan, especially McDonald's chicken nuggets. Like, I grew up on McDonald's chicken nuggets, and I'm sure it's going to come and ruin my body later in life, but we'll get there when we get there. When you went and got chicken nuggets, who had the best chicken nuggets? Burger King, McDonald's, Wendy's. Go. Uh, guys. <laughs> yeah, Steve, Steve and Chris, if you want to rate. Burger King without a doubt. They, they were that spicy chicken nugget, right? Yeah. I like a little bit. But pack. not now. Now it's completely different. Yeah. They changed the chicken nuggets at Burger King? Oh, yeah. They're garbage. Can it's, I it's say little, that? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I think McDonald's have gotten better because now they have the chicken tenders. Nah. Classic McDonald's chicken nuggets. That's that's where it's at. The gross kind. The gross <laughs> Because I've seen how they make those. I've watched those documentaries, and they are oh, tru- yeah. truly disgusting. But damn it, are they delicious. Spray-painting mystery meat. Exactly. Mm-hmm. We watched, uh, what was it, Super Size Me in high school. Who, who made you watch that? I don't know. One of my science Super Size Super Size Me, the only time I ever watched it was when I was dieting on the crew team, and it made me really hungry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I actually got McDonald's after I watched Super Size Me. Really? I swear to God. Uh, Wendy's is uh, Wendy's is getting a bad rep here. When- Wendy's chicken nuggets are actually consistently good. I haven't I had them in so. a while, but they are very good. But when I was younger, I was a huge McDonald's chicken nuggets fan to the point where if, like, 
on Saturdays, I would dance and my friend's mom would take us afterwards. And if they were going to Burger King, I would make the mom stop at McDonald's and get McDonald's chicken nuggets to bring to Burger King because I was <laughs> that much of a jerk. <laughs> well, I so I don't know if you watched it, but there was like Disney Plus had like shorts, right? Yeah. So they had like Forky asks questions. And then there was one that. Oh, no, I think I forgot short size i would like you to know that christina went into a whole big thing about how forgetting and you need to be prepared for a podcast and now here she is tippy tapping away i didn't think i was gonna have to remember it small fry small fry (laughs) there you go i wasn't even close um where it's like a little baby buzz Lightyear. did you see this no oh my god it's like a 20 minute it's like a 10 to 20 minute thing and it shows like Buzz Lightyear as like a bite-sized thing and he escapes from like the little sample thing when they have all the toys at like a Burger King or a McDonald's so he sneaks out Bonnie brings all of her toys into the ball pit and bite-sized or small fry whatever the hell his name is I don't know baby <laughs> buzz I'm gonna call him drags big buzz down into the ball pit and then baby buzz goes home and then he like tricks Rex and he's like Oh, yeah, like, the ball pit made me shrink. You, maybe, uh, maybe I have seen this, because this sounds it's familiar. Cute. It's not the best, but it's cute. <laughs> I feel like my sister had, like, a whole DVD of, like, Disney shorts, and we watched them all, and that was one of them. Which, Disney well, shorts can be very, very sad. Oh, expectation versus reality. Are we ready for this? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I truly thought this was going to be about Woody adjusting to Bonnie's world. Okay. okay. Because in previous Toy Story movies, Woody has always taken on the role of a leader, right? He was always the one guiding. I don't understand how they still don't listen to him because he's always right. But he would always have to convince and persuade and lead and guide. Like that was his role. And those are all like major leadership kind of, that's like the criteria, right? give or take a couple qualities. So I thought that this was going to be about like him finding his place in this new world as a team player instead of a leader. Mm-hmm. So I would take, I would stretch that theory so far to the fact like when he loses his voice box yeah, and he loses his pristine condition, I thought mm-hmm. that maybe this was him kind of saying, let somebody else shine. I'm going to sit on the sidelines and let all of the toys be played with the same amount i'm not just going to be the favorite and the leader yeah well i was very shocked to find out (laughs) that that was not the case right like i actually thought like if that would have been toy story 4 and then like whatever happened here was toy story 5 yeah i don't know maybe like people would be slightly more willing to accept what happened in this toy story if there was an extra preface there where he's no longer a leader he kind of takes over as like a team player and then he kind of phases himself out okay. like he bows out gracefully and that didn't happen he was like da 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 see ya and well then that didn't it. he d- wind up doing that with gabby gabby which we didn't mention when they are running away Woody is trying to bring Gabby Gabby to Bonnie, but then 
he finds like a a lost child and he's they all set up Gabby Gabby to meet this lost child and then she's able to be the main player in that kid's life and at this point like he was so upset with finding like leaving Bo all those years ago that and he's just been left in the closet anyway so he's at that point where he can bow out see to me there would be no difference in bonnie going to that little girl i mean not bonnie gabby gabby going to that little girl versus bonnie taking over for woody it would have been like the same level of happy ending you're wait, helping wait, out a bonnie child. taking over for what no i i messed it up yeah it, it made no difference to me that gabby gabby was going to that lost child versus gabby gabby going to bonnie gotcha. and essentially taking the place for woody that, that that was just like oh let's just take this jug handle turn on our way to root this route down the shore it, it, it didn't need to happen it, it's fine that it happened i still got to the same destination it didn't yeah. matter to me like that didn't that didn't really fulfill me in any way it was just like this is just one of the possible solutions for the problem that you've created it do, it's not a be all end all here well i thought the same thing but then i let it marinate for a little bit and marinated the old noodle. it did and if bonnie right now her favorite tory is forky and she's obsessed with Forky because Forky is how she's starting to like kindergarten because that's how she like finally felt comfortable in kindergarten. That if Gabby Gabby was to go to Bonnie, she wouldn't have the same connection to Gabby Gabby that Gabby Gabby deserves. So because this child was lost and scared and crying, and once she found Gabby Gabby, she was able to find the security guard and able to find everyone, and that's why she's going to be the favorite and the most loved and be in that situation that Woody was in, where he was the favorite, he ran the show, and Gabby Gabby now gets to run the show in the kid's life. That's, I feel like that's why they created that jug handle. I like that you referred to it as a jug handle. Well, you said it was a jug handle. I know, but it was nice that you... That I continued with the... Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah, I don't know. I I mean, we might have to agree to disagree. I think that <laughs> if they... This was a... They jumped the shark on this one. Well, no, actually, no. We thought it was over. So then they, like, restarted it and jumped the shark, I think. What do you I mean think they jumped they, the shark? You never heard of that reference? I've heard jumped the gun, not jumped the shark. Oh, jumped the shark. It's, uh, what was it? Um, Happy Days. When he, when Fonzie literally, wasn't he jet skiing and he literally jumped over sharks and it was like, it happened way too soon, way too fast. It was like, you like blew everybody's expectations out of the water entirely too soon and then everything went to crap after that. Steve, or Chris, answer this because I know that you got, you're nodding eagerly like you want to say something. Oh, I've missed that Happy Days episode. Yeah, it's a bit... The term basically means, like, okay, you've gone past the realm of believability. It's like, okay, I'm I'm checked out. Gotcha. And usually you end on that. Yeah. Like, if you if you had to do it. No, but I've never heard, I've never heard Jump the Shark. You, it means the show's run out of ideas and they're doing, resorting to crazy things like jet skiing over sharks. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you come to this podcast... You learn all the things. You see what happens? That's true. Your expectation versus reality. I did not watch this trailer before watching this movie. I only knew about it. Ooh, you know what I didn't say? Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I did not say that this was nominated for Best Motion Picture, animated at the Golden Globes, and that it won Best Animated Feature Film at the Oscars. Correct. 
Yes. Um, I had only heard about it from the award show. I Maybe I saw that it was coming out, but I didn't really pay too much attention to it because I immediately checked it off as, ah, I'm not watching that. I watched Toy Story 3. I think that's enough. Um, <laughs> I am going along with everyone. I didn't really think it was as good as the first three, and I feel like it was just overkill. And Disney just redoing their classic movies, as they've been doing with everything, down to Aladdin and Beauty and the Beast, which was actually pretty good, Lion King, the list just goes on. Disney's just recycling things at this point. Yeah. So that leads me into our last segment, the IRL moments in real life. I feel like you know, the overall movie, it's like, like I said, like if, if you're getting broken up with somebody, but it's not like, hey, we need to talk. Here's the situation. It's like, hey, I'm leaving you. I'm also going to push you out of the second story building. That's what this felt like to me. I'm actually, that's not an IRL moment. That was just like an analogy because I've never been pushed out of a second story building. I'm very glad of that fact. <laughs> I survived. No, I think more specifically to the movie when Woody gets picked up for a brief moment, Bonnie takes the badge off and puts it on Jesse. Yeah. Right. So he thinks he's going to get played. So he's like the center of attention for just a moment. And then something embarrassing happens to him. I don't know if you noticed the way the toys looked at him in the closet. Oh, my God. I was crying. Did you see the chair? Steve, it looks like that stupid face you put on everything that like that like emoji that's like. That's what the chair looked like. That's what the, but the chair like looked horrified. He was like, "Do you know who those people were?" And then when Woody saw them, he, they turned away and they were like, "Ah." <laughs> those like those chair, the chair and the toys and all that. One of them was Mel Brooks. One of them yeah, was the was, voice of Mel Brooks, yeah, Mel. and the other one was uh, Carol Burnett. Yeah, and Carl Reiner, and there might have been another one. Yeah, it was just all old actors who are playing those toys for some reason. When that whole scene happens, that makes me think of like any time that I've done either something embarrassing or just like maybe stupid, I don't know if I would throw stupid in there, but just like something embarrassing, like if I fall, like I'm walking down the street and I'm like the only person on the street. So like, you know, when people like people, people watch, but then like you trip and fall and then, like, everybody looks over at you. Yep. <laughs> I am the clumsiest like, person. I, I relate to that a lot. Yes, I fall or a like, lot. Or, like, I feel like everybody can relate to this. When you're a kid, right, and your name gets called, or you're, like, doing something, or if you're coughing, then, like, it's, it's like this in the classroom. And, like, everybody turns around and stares at you. Yeah. I wish, like, I was as bold as I am now then. I would be like... What are you looking at? Like, could you imagine a seven-year-old turning around at somebody and saying that? Oh, that is, like, fantastic. I wish I was as bold. Well, you remember the time I passed out at the uh, graduation mass? You heard that story. When I was in eighth grade and I passed out at the graduation mass. And the whole oh. school stared and looked at me because I passed out. Yeah. yeah. Same thing. Uh, kids, I hate when kids do that. I hate when they're all like... Yeah, the kindergartners were sitting right next to us, and all of them were staring at me like I was bleeding from the head. And you know what? I think all these kids, they need somebody to say, what are you looking at? Right? <laughs> to stare, just like, uh, right? And then they'll never do it again. <laughs> Their kids are too soft. Yeah. they're too. Everybody gets a trophy. 
I will say that in the opening scene when they were in the kindergarten, I am very happy that I am not a kindergarten teacher because that seems like a really tough job. I would not be able to deal with all those kids running around screaming. Oh, no. No. No, no, no. I would say that and like in all four movies, everything Mr. Potato Head says goes through my mind on a daily basis. (laughs) Mr. Potato Head is my spirit animal. One of my favorite moments was when they are in the playground mm-hmm. and the Sky Dancer doll hops out of the sandbox. Did you ever have a Sky Dancer doll as a child? Yes! I saw that. I was like, oh, I f- totally forgot those things existed. I used to fly that thing around my house all the time. Yes. Yeah. Was that, that, was a, that was a good IRL moment, I think. Yeah, the Sky Dancer doll. <laughs> and then also I had a similar doll to Giggle McDimples, who was the little girl, like the, the tiny little thing and the little toy where like... Polly Pocket. I didn't have a Polly Pocket, but I had like these little baby things. And I remember once I left one out on the ground and my cat ate it. So, and then I did not have one. Or you had it like a day later. <laughs> exactly. No, we didn't find it. We never found it after that. We never found it. Yeah, it was in Scuttlebutt's intestine probably to this day. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, guys, thank you so much for listening. Steve and Chris, unmute yourselves, say goodbye. Thank you so much for coming <laughs> oh, on our thank podcast. You for coming they on the they didn't have to, but they hung out the entire podcast. Nice thank time. you for having us. Yeah, I, I was taking <laughs> notes on good podcasting, and uh, my big one is be funny. Chris and, Chris and I, we have to be funny <laughs> and uh, add sound effects and snacks. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for having us. No, of thanks course. for being here. Thank you, Job of the Hut, for entering the frame. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, guys, you can find us a couple of different places. Please, 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 whatever platform you're listening on, rate and review the podcast. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, Two Girls Drink Beer. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Hey It's Two Girls. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at ClassicStina. You can follow Danielle on Instagram at Danielle Kobianki. You can email us movie suggestions, TV suggestions, or beer suggestions to twogirlswatchtv at gmail.com. You can also follow my blog for more description of the beers, my review blog, beercoffeedonuts.wordpress.com. I think that's everything, right? I think you got it all. All right. (laughs) All right. We'll catch you next week, guys. Yes. This was my favorite episode, I think, that we've done. This is it. So everybody listen and share it so that more people listen. (laughs) Exactly. And go check out Ruminations. Yes, please do. And then (laughs) share that one, too. Yes. I've had too much coffee. I need to go lay down or, like, go run around the block five times. Those are very different things. They are. (laughs) Maybe I'll do both. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, everyone. Oh. (laughs) Bye. Bye.